Sports 845 is brought to you by Gold Dental at 60 Jefferson Professional Plaza right here in Monticello, New York. And Berkman Financial. That's BerkmanFinancial.com. Berkman Financial could also be reached at 646-753-5554 or Danny at BerkmanFinancial.com. The basketball world! Jeff, uh, I appreciate a few moments of your time talking NBA. We had you on last week. You had some projections, some thoughts on who would go where, what the Knicks may or may not do. The trade deadline has passed. Danilo Gallinari, Kevin Love, uh, DeMar DeRozan, LaMarcus Aldridge, some of the big names that will be staying put. But some guys did move. I guess the headline trade, Warriors, T-Wolves, D'Angelo Russell, probably there because he could certainly play the point guard position, but perhaps some insurance in keeping Carl Anthony Towns happy in Minnesota. Andrew Wiggins, who was a former number one pick, uh, you know, has played well, but certainly hasn't lived up to number one pick in the draft, goes to the Warriors. Uh, Marcus Morris of the Knicks goes to the Clippers. We'll talk that. Andre Drummond, in a surprise move, goes to the Cavaliers. And I guess before all this started, Clint Capella went to the Hawks. Your thoughts on the trade deadline? I thought there were some interesting moves. I think there were some you know, things that didn't go down uh, that we probably were looking towards. But the most uh, one, of, one of the best trades I thought out there was the Capella trade for the Hawks. The Hawks are... are I think there's some tug in that organization about what, you know, the direction of the team is going. They were, at first, it seemed like they were completely sold on, like, a complete rebuild, and they are going to take their time. I think the ownership is pushing the team a little further along at this point. Uh, they expected to see more results. So that propelled them to make that Capella trade, and the Capella trade is a great trade. It, it, the guy makes, I think he's making 14-9 this year. Um, he's going to give them exactly what they need as being a rim protector. If you put him next to Collins and Trey Young and some of the other pieces they have, uh, they have a nice young group, and they have uh, I think they have a couple of number one picks this year. Well, Jeff, so, hold on one second. Let me talk to you about the Hawks and, you know, Collins, who you mentioned, Trey Young, Kevin Herter, uh, uh, Huerta, uh, DeAndre yeah. Hunter, and if they get anything out of Cam Reddish, you know, Hunter seemed to have played well. He's found his niche there. He's a good defensive player, probably a better Lance Thomas, per se. But why are the Hawks that bad? Is it because they're that young? They, they, they don't play defense. I mean, Trey Young, Trey Young uh, you have to have a rim protector. Uh, in, in on Atlanta's team because because Trey Young is basically a matador at the point guard spot. So I think that that's a, a crucial. They I think they they they're giving up uh, maybe 130 points, 120, 30 points a game. Uh, you know, so they have some nice pieces. That DeAndre Hunter I think is selling a little short. I wasn't that high on him, but he showed me something in the games that he's played. He he seems to be able to, to knock down the corner three. He plays great defense. Um, he, he, he can't really beat you off the dribble for the most part, but I would say that he's given me more than, than, than I thought he would. Uh, Cam Reddish is, is definitely more of a project. He, he had a spotty first year at Duke. He has a lot of ability. No one's going to doubt that. But whether he can put it all together, but defense is their main issue. And I think Capella is, is, is a step in the right direction for them. Absolutely he is. Capella, you know, a, you know, young but still a savvy veteran. He comes from a winning team, and he does he does rebound and protect the rim. Uh, yes, I didn't. 
I didn't know if I love the Warriors T Wolves trade. I don't know if anybody wins there. I guess if Carl Anthony Towns is happy, then the T Wolves can count that as a win. They do get out from under the Wiggins contract, but they take on D'Angelo Russell. Your thoughts on that trade? I think that the D'Angelo Russell trade was exactly what you said. It was it was to placate Carl Anthony Towns, who is very close with D'Angelo Russell. And it's simple as that. D'Angelo Russell has some good attributes. He's improved as, as an NBA player, but his you know when when he's on the floor, you know the, his his plus minus is, is is awful, and he's just not a very efficient player, and he's not a very efficient um, you know distributor on offense. So that that transaction was solely made to, to do that. Uh, they did get some other nice pieces. I like the fact that they got Malik Beasley. Now he's a restricted free agent. Uh, I think in his first or second game, he put up 23 points. You know, they, they may have something there. And Juan, you know, Hernan, Hernan Gomez, he's, he's a good shooter. He just probably just needs, a, you know, he needs, a, a, you know, an opportunity to uh, to shine because on Denver he was just sitting on the bench. So it was probably worth it because they want to keep Carl Anthony Towns happy. Did on I read this side, right that the Warriors also got a, a number one pick in 2021 from the T-Wolves that's only protected one, two, or three? Uh, my beliefs, I think you're correct on that. Boy, that's an un- that makes the Warrior trade incredible. Well, look, I think that, you know, you have to look at Wiggins, and Wiggins is a highly skilled player. People have criticized Yeah, but if they voter. could get Wiggins and a the fourth pick in the draft, which is conceivable, it's a home run. Well, not only, not only that, not only that, they have a lottery pick this year, and, mm-hmm. you know, let's say a James Wiseman falls to them. Sure. Uh, which, which is really the only position of weakness they have. I think Wiggins on that team in that culture is going to thrive. He, he, he's, I've watched a bunch of Wiggins games this year. There's something missing. I can't you know, put my finger on it, but he is really – he can do it all on the floor. And, you know, when he's around, he's now going to be in a culture that is all about winning, guys demanding stuff from him that, you know, he probably has never had before, and he's not going to have any excuses. He, no, I, you know, I so, agree. I, I, I agree. I think it's, it's, it's a good a move number. by the Warriors. It's a high number. Most NBA observers think that, you know, he will, won't finish that contract with the Warriors, but I think we should wait and see. I, you know, I, I really like Golden State looking at next year because you know that Clay, they say Clay is itching already. That team is going to come back with a vengeance next year. They have Draymond Green signed. They have Clay Thompson coming back. Steph Curry healthy. Andrew Wiggins could add James Wiseman. And then the following year could add another pick. They could be right back in play. I agree. I I don't think there's any question. They they can have another mini, like, two, three-year run, you know, if everything breaks right. We'll get a very shrewd move by the Warriors. Let's talk Andre Drummond to the Cavaliers, a trade that seemed to go out of, come out of nowhere. And, I mean, the Pistons, the return they got for Drummond, I know he was on an expiring deal, a lot of money, but you would have thought a guy, a double-double machine, defensive player of the year, you at 26 again, you would have thought they would have been able to obtain more than, uh, you know, John did. Henson and, and a bag of balls. I think, they, uh, I think they just wanted to get out of that contract. They were afraid that Drummond was going to uh, re-up his player option for next year, and he was going to be at uh, somewhere between twenty-seven and thirty million. And I think they just wanted to get out from under it. And I, I guess it, Detroit is going to go into a. It seems like Detroit is going to go into a total rebuild. And it seems for the first time since I can remember, you know, Daryl Morey and the uh, owner of the Houston Rockets seem like money is an issue because 
Apparently, Andre Drummond was there after the Capella trade. Apparently, Tristan Thompson could have been available. Uh, they definitely are lacking height and, and the rim protector they lost in Capella, but the Rockets chose to do nothing after that. I think the Rockets just have limited ability to do anything. Uh, you know, Daryl Morey gets a lot of credit, but he's also, uh, you know, he's, 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 he's at a point where that franchise has limited options. So, um, you know, they're, they're, going, they're, going, they're going with this small ball, and they're going with it, you know, basically because they have to. So, is Mike D'Antoni in trouble there? Uh, I think I think uh, I think Mike D'Antoni is in trouble there. I, I I don't know that he I don't you know I don't know that Mike D'Antoni uh, wants to re up there. Yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not sure who wants to be out. For, I think they they went to Mike D'Antoni last off season and talked about an extension. I think he wasn't interested at the time. So we'll, we'll see know, what think, happens uh, there. I, I think I think D'Antoni wants to see what you know. Maybe you want to see what the plan is going forward because right now they're stuck in, you know, to me they're stuck in four or five type yeah. of purgatory out there in the West. Now people think that they match up really well with the Lakers because they because they you know smoked them last week, but I, I, I don't buy it. I don't buy that. It's a one game in a seven game series. It's hard for me to imagine the Lakers won't make the necessary adjustments. And, and uh, it's hard for me to imagine that the Lakers wouldn't prevail in that series in five or six games. Okay, let's get to uh, the Knicks. The Knicks did move Marcus Morris. We heard up to the deadline, and the Knicks went into this last offseason. Let's sign guys that have an upside, one-year deals. Worst-case scenario, we move them and gain assets. They did move Marcus Morris to the Clippers. There were rumors that teams wanted Dennis Smith. There were rumors Bobby Portis, even Julius Randle. Um, pretty much Mitchell Robinson and R.J. Barrett were the only guys they weren't going to move. You expected a flurry of moves uh, in obtaining assets. They did move Morris, like I said, to the Clippers in exchange for Mo Harkless, a New York guy, and and a first-round pick, presumably 27 to 29 in next year's draft. Your thoughts on the Morris trade to the Clippers from the Knicks perspective? I, I thought I thought the Knicks actually got a good return, but what happened was that uh, expectations were built up because of the firing of Mills, who everyone, at least it was out there, that Mills was not looking to move Morris. So once Morris got moved, um, you know, people thought that okay, they're going to come in, they put Morris up for sale, and that there was going to be a bidding war for his services between the Lakers and the Clippers. Now, I heard some stuff today that uh, I was listening to Colin Cowherd. He had on Rick Buecher, and he, you know, he said that the Lakers really never were going to put Kuzma in the deal. I, I've heard they were going to put him in the deal. Um, you know, we'll, we'll never know, but, but the Lakers basically were just playing the Knicks because they figured at the end of the day they were going to take whatever the Lakers offered because, because Jim Dolan hates Ballmer and wasn't going to do the Clippers a favor because I don't know if you know this, but the, but the Knicks are in litigation or they have a dispute with the Clippers because the Clippers want to build an arena and it's with, it's, it's close to where like the old LA forum is, which is owned by MSG. So there's a business dispute that's been going on. And apparently Dolan has no love loss for Steve Ballmer. And the Lakers apparently thought that, you know, they were, you know, going to give the Knicks a bag of balls at the end of the day because, Dolan was not going to trade Morris to the Clippers. Now, are you representing that, either uh, Bomber or Dolan in this? Uh, unfortunately, not. Okay, uh, I probably wouldn't be talking to you right now if I was. But, um, <laughs> but uh, I think that Morris. Uh, I think they got a good return for him. 
Okay. They, they, they signed him, you know, for, for 50 games. He, if you recall, he, he initially signed with the Spurs. They, they wound up signing to a one-year deal. They don't have bird rights. So if they wanted to retain them, he, they could only his contract is for fifteen million. They could only go up to like eighteen million, which they could do if they if he if he finishes his year with the Clippers and they still want to bring him back. You know, hypothetically, they could still make him that same offer. Now, what they get back? They got you know a late one. Maybe that turns into a rotation player. Uh, so you know, they also got a, I think a two thousand twenty one two from that from the Pistons in the deal which looks to be going to be a very high two considering that the Pistons are going into full rebuild mode. And they got a kid named Isof uh, Sanin, who is from the Ukraine. And, uh, you know, he is uh, thought to be a very high-energy type point guard. Um, he was drafted by the Wizards. The Wizards were brought into that deal to match, match some contracts. And, uh, you know, he's still over in Europe. He's 20 years old. But People like him. They think, you know, he might be in the NBA someday. I, I would think that the Knicks take a look at him this summer uh, in the summer league. So I think they got a good haul. As far as other things, we don't we don't know what was on the table, but I think the Knicks want to hold on. Listen, I mean, the bottom asset. line is the Knicks gained another asset, and who knows, maybe trade uh, draft day deal. Um, who, who knows if uh, Towns becomes available, which I'm sure he won't, but maybe Ben Simmons becomes available. There's, they have options now that they have assets. You want to just acquire assets. In the, in the NBA, the last thing you want to do is be mediocre. If you got rid of all of those guys, there's the argument that if you get rid of the, all those guys, you'll have nothing to make a draft day trade. So... I think that's why they may have held on to some of yeah. them. And then there's a guy like Reggie Bullock, who I think a lot of teams would be interested in as, as just a bench player who can come off, play good defense, hit your outside shot, stretch the floor. They got him for like 4.7 because of his injury. So, you know, he's a useful player. They can move some of these guys if they, if they re-up them for next year. They could probably move some of them. I think they probably would be able to move like an Alfred Payton uh, next year at the trade deadline. He's, he's a... He, he can't, he can't, you know, hit the broad side of a barn with a shot, but, you know, he plays good defense, and he, he knows how to run a team. Jeff, before I let you go, uh, it looks like the Knicks are joining what has been the new trend or a somewhat of a trend in both Major League Baseball and now the NBA. Uh, you know, and I'm talking about hiring a ex-agent who does have the relationship with some of these all-time great players. The Knicks, you know, they can't name Leon Rose the uh, president of basketball operations at this point until he severs, uh, you know, until he does some yeah, paperwork and everything. But Leon Rose, uh, you know, Bob Myers, uh, Rob Palenka, and and Brody Van Wagenen in baseball. Uh, you know, the Warriors have been successful. Uh, the Lakers have been successful, or at least on paper successful now. Uh, Leon Rose has a cachet of guys that he calls friends. Lee, Lee, look, the jury is out. We'll, we'll never know. He has a great reputation in the industry. He seems to be beloved by everyone. And they say that he is a basketball savant. So does he know how to ro run an organization? He does not. So it's incumbent upon him to bring in you know, all the people that are going to help him be successful. He from what I understand, is a big-picture type of guy. He's not a detail guy. So he's going to have to bring in a really good cap guru. He's going to have to bring in an analytics guru. I mean, you know, scouting, you know, top to bottom. He's got to bring in good people. Is he going to do that? You know, we have no way of knowing. He doesn't have a, a you know, a body of work for us to judge him on. It's, a, it's in a different profession. So 
Um, you know, he has the necessary relationships and the reputation in the league. But, you know, Phil Jackson was known as the best coach of all time when he took over the Knicks, and it didn't translate to him running an organization. So Correct. the jury's out. We'll have to see. Jeff, thank you very much. Um, thanks for the time. I appreciate it. All right. Thanks, Aaron. Have a good night. Thank you.